Today we begin reading our way through uh, Paul's first letter to Timothy. This is the first of what people refer to as the pastoral epistles, which include 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Uh, since Timothy eventually became a pastor there in Ephesus, and Titus was laboring as a pastor on the island of Crete. Uh, these letters, as their genre suggests, are, are supposed to be helpful and are intended to be helpful with regard to different pastoral men, uh, matters both Timothy and Titus faced. But there's a lot that is uh, helpful to, to every believer. Um, and so let's think about a couple of things we find here. Uh, and the first thing I'd point out from 1 Timothy 1 is this idea of using the law lawfully. Uh, that's an interesting phrase in, in verse 8. If you're looking, if you have a Bible open, you can look there. In that verse, Paul says, Now we know the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Now, that kind of statement almost demands the question to be asked, what does an unlawful use of the law look like? Well, realize that this is Paul writing to a pastor to instruct him in the ways that he's to teach his congregation. So he knows that Timothy is dealing with professing Christians, and it's in that context that he says there's a lawful and an unlawful way to use the law. The law he's referring to is the Old Testament Mosaic law, you know, the law summarized in the Ten Commandments. How should a Christian then use something like the Ten Commandments, for example? That, that's the basic issue here. So what is an unlawful use of the Old Testament law for the Christian? Paul begins to answer that question in verse 9 when he says that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly sinners. Well, knowing that Paul said in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned, then I suppose you could say that the law is laid down for everyone since we're all sinners. But even with that, Paul would say that for the Christian, even still being a sinner, there is a right way and a wrong way to use the law. For the Christian, still being a sinner, the law is there still and useful to us to show us the way we ought to go and the way we ought to live and worship. However, for the Christian still being a sinner, the law is no longer there to condemn us before God because of our sin. Why? Because Jesus has already undergone that condemnation for us. The law is still there, though, to instruct us, but not to condemn us. One of the more familiar verses as uh, a second thing we can note here. In, in the New Testament is found here in 1 Timothy 1. In verse 15, Paul says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Older translations would render that last phrase as chief of sinners. Now, there's a lot that you could glean from uh, this verse, but I want to think for just a second about that last phrase. Paul saw himself as the chief or as the foremost among sinners. What struck me again as I, as I read this again was the fact that there's, there's no way that Paul could definitively say that he was the worst sinner who had ever lived, if there is such a thing. How could he quantify and know that all, out of all of the sinners on earth, he was the chief and the foremost? But if you pose those questions to Paul, he would tell you that they were beside the point. In his own mind, he was the chief and foremost of sinners. He knew his own sin. He knew of his former life before Christ. He knew the sin and rebellion that still waged in his heart and, and knew how many battles he still lost. And so in his own mind, he was the chief and the foremost of 
sinners. And I just so ask the question, I mean, is there anything wrong with that? No. I think it's legitimate for a Christian in his or her own mind to come to the conclusion that they, they very may, well may be chief among sinners in their own mind. Why? Because the more realistic we are with ourselves about our own sins and shortcomings, the more we magnify and rejoice in what Christ has done for us, which is precisely what Paul is doing. You know, the, the great hymn writer John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace when he was at the end of his, his life. You've probably heard this, but it, it pertains here. At the end of his life, and he was on his deathbed, he, he said this, this, uh, this memorable phrase. He said, although my memory is fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. That's exactly what Paul is doing here. He is rejoicing in the fact that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And he is glad in his own heart for that because he believes that out of, out of all the sinners Jesus came to save, he was in his own mind the chief of those. And so out of everyone, he has the most for which to be grateful. And that's a good mindset for a Christian to have. And those are just a few thoughts here from 1 Timothy chapter 1.